Hi everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. I hope you're doing very well and I wanted to have a few comments about yesterday's news that the US was withdrawing its troops from the cities in Iraq. One of the things that is really important to live consciously in a swirling kaleidoscope of fetid propaganda that we live in, coming from the mainstream media and of course from a lot of alternate media sources as well, except this one, I hope, is to understand that statism is a kind of kabuki theater. It is a kind of magic trick. And of course, the entire purpose of being a magician is uh, the redirect or the misdirect in which you do something flourishing in this hand while the other hand is doing something that uh, uh, you don't want the audience to see. So you do something up here while you manipulate the strings over here. And directing the audience's gaze to that which is inconsequential and distracting while the real pickpocketing is going on is really the essence of statist propaganda. And so one of the uh, stories, of course the big story yesterday, was the withdrawal of U.S. troops from the cities. And it's always interesting to ask what is not being talked about? Why is it happening today rather than, say, a week or a month ago or a week or a month from tomorrow? And if you look, dig around a little bit, there's always a body under the flag, right? You understand that the purpose of a flag is to cover the bodies. And if you look, this is from the Financial Post. I'll put the link off to the right. Uh, this is from June 30th, 09. British Petroleum and China win the right to develop Iraq's Rumalia oil field. So BPPLC and uh, CNPC, I actually did some work from them. This is why I went to China for business. Won the right to develop Rumelia. Sorry, it's spelled twice. Rumalia and Rumela. I'm not sure which one it is. The largest Iraqi oil field in today's licensing ground as the war-torn country seeks to more than double production over the next six years. The BP-led group beat a bid from ExxonMobil Corporation and Malaysia State Oil Company. An oil ministry spokesman in Baghdad said, six oil, six oil and two gas fields in today's bidding round may yield... U.S. $1.7 trillion in profit over 20 years for the economy. This is the only resource of wealth available to us at this time, Prime Minister Nuri al-Maliki said in a speech at the start of the licensing round in Baghdad today where foreign oil companies are bidding for service contracts. Eight of the world's top 10 non-state oil producers, including Royal Dutch Shell, PLC and ConocoPhillips are vying for the right to help Iraq develop the country's oil and gas resources. More than 30 companies are bidding for $16 billion worth of technical service contracts for the fields. Iraq is inviting international oil companies back into the country after kicking them out in 1972 when the party of late dictator Saddam Hussein nationalized concessions. The license round was set to start yesterday and delayed one day after sandstorms closed in Bag closed Baghdad's airports preventing oil execs from reaching the capital with their bids. So they're going to end up producing 4 million barrels a day, a huge, uh, uh, Rumela now produces almost a million barrels of oil a day, it's the largest field on offer, the first awarded today, and uh, they're hoping to boost the output to 2.85 million barrels of oil a day at an average cost of US 399 a barrel. So, uh, sorry, Iraq later this year plans to hold a second auction round for 11 oil and gas fields with the aim to boost production to about 6 million barrels a day by 2015. 
Saudi Arabia, the world's biggest oil produ exporter, produces 8 million barrels a day. So it's uh, very close to Saudi Arabia's production. So uh, these are the facts, of course, and this is why the U.S. troop withdrawal was slated for yesterday. It was to cover up the... Um, uh, it was to cover up the actual news, the, the important news as to what is really going on in Iraq, which is that uh, Saddam Hussein had two fundamental crimes, right? The, the first is that he nationalized the oil companies. In other words, the European and American companies, which had since the early 1920s been pillaging Iraq for its oil and, and starving and impoverishing its people and toppling its governments, um, they were kicked out of the country because instead of using state violence to control things for foreigners, Saddam Hussein wanted to create state violence to control things for himself. And his people did end up a little bit better. Of course, you hear propaganda to the contrary, but standard of livings and peace did increase. And, uh, and that's simply because uh, a domestic dictator has more invested in the peace and productivity of his citizens relative to foreign multinationals who uh, have no reason whatsoever to do anything other than rape and pillage the country in perpetuity. This is not to say Saddam Hussein was not an evil dictator, of course he was, but we're simply talking about the rise of uh, uh, self-interest on the part of the dictator relative to the pure rape and pillage philosophy of foreign multinationals. You can see this in India as well. In the century leading up to Indian independence after the Second World War, uh, Indian standards of living for the average Indian remained completely flat. They did not gain at all. And since domestic socialist tyrants have taken over and nationalized things in India, the standard of living has begun to, to increase. Domestic tyranny is still better than foreign tyranny, which is, I guess, what the American revolutionaries were trying to teach us in uh, 1776. So when the foreign multinationals were controlling the resources of Iraq, that was good when Saddam Hussein uh, stole that which was stolen already and uh, used it, of course, vastly for his own profit, but to a smaller degree for the elevation of his people. Uh, that was a crime, right? Because only we are allowed to steal from the Iraqi people. Iraqi dictators are not, because that's stealing from us, I guess, according to the statist mindset. So that was his first crime. His second crime, of course, was threatening to switch from the US dollar to the euro for oil transactions. And uh, that, of course, could not be allowed. You start to lower demand for the US dollar, and the entire fiscal house of fiat cards begins to collapse. Right? If the demand for the US dollar begins to slow, then the US uh, can no longer, because the, dollar, the value of the dollar will weaken, which means people will no longer be satisfied with piddling interest rates on treasury bonds, and therefore they will begin to call in their debts, and the whole house of cards will collapse. So I think it's really, really important to understand what the world that you live in is all about. And what the world that you live in is all about is using violence to gain control of human beings and natural resources. And human beings, uh, what you are to your government is simply tax livestock. You are a, uh, a resource like uh, oil, like uh, water, like energy, uh, like crops. Uh, they grow you and they, so that you can grow uh, taxes, right? So this is really, really important to understand that this is what you live in. Uh, it's not really a zoo, uh, but really it is a farm. You live in a tax farm, and you could look up Statism Part 3 uh, if you'd like to. The Death of Statism Part 3, The End of Statism Part 3, which is my most popular video where I talk about this very frankly. So you are a resource, and you are a resource that can be used, i.e. shredded, blown up, maimed, and murdered, in order to gain control of other resources, right? So the thousands of U.S. troops who've been killed 
In combat, the thousands of more who've been killed in accidents, the tens of thousands who've been maimed and shredded and broken, are resources that are spent, that are broken, that are shredded in order to gain control of uh, the resources of oil within Iraq. And that's, of course, what the war fundamentally is all about, is gaining control of resources. This is what imperialism is all about. People who don't want to trade, but who want to uh, slaughter, murder, and commit genocide in order to gain control of, uh, of the resources that are available in the world. And so there's this fundamental philosophy or understanding of the world that is so lacking in people's minds that they, they have this patriotism. I'm my country, USA, USA, Canada, my flag, my this, that, and the other, patriotism, nationalism, and so on. And that, of course, is like the lamb destined for slaughter dancing around and singing the praises of the farmer who is sharpening his blade. That is the reality of the world that we live in. And this uh, example is, is very clear. We have 1.7 trillion dollars. That's a staggering amount of money that is available to whoever ends up with the monopoly of violence, right? The, the head mafia in Iraq, right? Because we can look at Saddam Hussein, uh, what it is, it's a hit, right? It's just a hit uh, on Saddam Hussein because he wasn't playing by the rules that the head mafia, which is the United States government, he wasn't playing by the rules that they wanted him to play by. And like any mafia agent who goes rogue, you've seen this in a million mafia movies, because the mafia movies were so fascinated because we understand that this explains our society, but we can't really look at it square on because we're so full of mythology that we're fascinated by mafia movie after mafia movie after mafia movie. Um, because we understand that this actually explains the society that we live in, which is that we live in a mafia society. We live in a society of organized crime called statism. Uh, and so Saddam Hussein disobeyed, and so he got a hit uh, put on him. And of course it is sold with all kinds of virtue, like we're going to bring democracy to, uh, to the Middle East, as if those who lie to the population to get them into war understand anything about democracy, right? If, they, if you lie to the population, to end up committing uh, well, the murders of hundreds of thousands of people in Iraq, you really can't claim to understand democracy in any virtuous sense at all. So if, uh, um, if the U.S. brings anything to Iraq, like the democracy, quote, that the U.S. has, we'll end up with another imperialistic, brutalizing power. So I think that's really, really important to understand, that uh, it really is just about the control of resources, and one of the re the U.S. simply cannot pay off uh, its debts, right? So uh, the value of the U.S. dollar is going to fall, and so what the U.S. wants to do is gain control of resources so that it can prop up the value uh, of its dollar, and that's a fundamental aspect uh, that is occurring. The other thing that I wanted to mention, where is my handy-dandy piece of paper, is that um, we're leaving, as, as the U.S. pulls back, they're leaving Prime Minister Maliki in charge, well, because they're all about creating democracy in the Middle East, right? Uh, increasingly, uh, this is from Truth Out, I'll put the link to the right. Increasing Maliki is taking on the trappings of a dictator. He's established a network of security agencies that report directly to him. He's built a countrywide patronage system to bribe and pay off tribal allies in anticipation of the 2010 elections. He showed no compunction against using the army, the police, and the secret agencies to, um, uh, sorry, to... Uh, to eliminate rivals. He's used divide and conquer tactics to outflank the Sunni-led Sabah movement known as the Awakening or the Sons of Iraq, driving some of them back into armed resistance and others into sullen resentment or fear for their lives. And uh, 
A prominent Sudi activist has reported that anyone who dares to defy Maliki does so in fear of his life. And uh, this is exactly what you would expect, that the US goes and nukes the government of uh, Iraq, and then uh, there's $1.7 trillion of money on the table for whoever controls the resources uh, of the Iraqi population and the, uh, the oil. And so that is, what is, uh, uh, on, that is what the U.S. has to offer, whoever will obey them. And of course, the U.S. is going to take a very healthy chunk of profits. War profiteering is one of the fundamental drivers for war and is only possible in a status fiat currency situation. You simply can, could not war profiteer in a free society. Uh, and you can have a look at my free book, Practical Anarchy, available on my website, freedomainradio.com forward slash free, for more on this. But war profiteering is there, and then, of course, the control of resources uh, is there. And the U.S. is very unlikely to ever leave Iraq. I mean, they've been in Japan and Germany for 60-plus years after the last war. And the way, what they're going to do if they stay uh, in Iraq uh, and keep uh, a, a, maybe not the 130,000 currently there, but some significant portion of troops in Iraq, that's how they make sure that whoever is the dictator of Iraq is going to do what they want, right? Because the dictator of Iraq, if the U.S. taxpayers pay for the security forces, the U.S. security forces in Iraq, then it's even more profitable to run uh, Iraqi's oil reserves because you don't have to take a portion of your profits to invest in an army to keep the tax livestock and the labor livestock in line, right? Because you've outsourced that in a sense to the U.S. So it's far more profitable for whoever is in charge of the oil resources in Iraq if the U.S. stays, and therefore they're going to be obedient to U.S. wishes because if the U.S. withdraws, they're then going to lose a lot of profits because they'll have to reinvest those profits in an army, which, of course, might end up creating a coup situation, right? The U.S. has been doing this for generations in South and Central America, and, uh, of course, it is continuing to do it uh, now, uh, in the Middle East, this is a well-honed uh, process or procedure within the uh, within the United States. So, I just wanted to dip in real quick to point out this slate of hand. Forget about the U.S. troops withdrawing from the cities; it really, really doesn't matter. What is important is to recognize that the sale of the Iraqi oil reserves is underway, and that, of course, is the fundamental purpose. It, it, and what, why it's coming up now rather than in the past? Well, in the past, there was enough money being made from the war profiteering that. You didn't really need to worry too much about the oil reserves, but uh, clearly the people who are running the U.S. currency feel, uh, and probably quite rightly so, that the U.S. currency is very shaky, and so now they need to stop war profiteering quite so much and start profiteering from the sale of the Iraqi resources, and that's really what's going on. And if you don't see that statism is about a bunch of people with uh, guns and uh, bombs and aircraft carriers and uh, air forces and so on wrestling for control over the tax livestock and the other natural resources, which they grow with the fertilizer of bullshit, which passes for information in uh, a media, a status media controlled society, that this is where you are. You live on a tax farm, you live on a resource farm, and are well-armed masters who extract their weapons from the hides of us and of our children, uh, are only interested in controlling the wealth and the resources, and that we are essentially uh, crops, and uh, it takes a lot of, like it takes an enormous breaking of the human spirit for people to lick the boots that continually kick them in the teeth. And it takes a massive shredding of human potential and a breaking of children in order for people to grow up and not be violently revolted by the degree to which evil people run our lives and control 
our time and creativity and energy. And it's sort of my goal to help build up the pride of the livestock so that we can stop being controlled in this way. There's an old criticism of the free market which says that we look at each other as dry, with the eyes of dry calculations of mutual utility. Well, maybe so, but that's still a hell of a lot better than the wet calculations of one-way utility. And the wetness is always our blood and bones and marrow. Thank you so much for watching. I will talk to you soon.